Welcome to Men Alive, where we examine biblical principles for becoming conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks. Our teacher is my longtime friend, Dr. Jim Cunningham, a consultant in adult education and director of Go Teach Global. Dr. Jim. Paul, you and I have been in a number of countries in Africa. In some regions today, there are active physical attacks on places of worship, buildings that we call churches, from all backgrounds and denominations. When Jesus was on earth, he said to his followers, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not stand against it. So in reality, the church worldwide is growing in significant numbers. Over 30% of all people living on earth believe Jesus is risen from the dead. Whether they practice being conformed to his image is a different story. Most do. So let's examine this question. What exactly is a church? We tend to distinguish between the worldwide universal church called the body of Christ and the local church or assembly of people who gather together to worship Jesus Christ as the head of the church. The word for the physical building we call a church was sometimes translated as the meeting place. So what is a church? There are three words that help us, essence, function, and form. Essence equals what it is at its heart. Function tells us why it exists, and form describes how it fulfills the functions. Consider the concept of fishing for a moment. What is required in order to fish? Some might immediately think of a fishing pole and a hook. While helpful, they are not always necessary. Whatever is necessary every time in order to engage in fishing would be considered the essence. The essence of fishing is a person, a fisherman, to do the fishing and a fish. Without a fisherman, it's only nature by itself. Without fish, there is no fishing. There must be a fisherman and fish to have fishing. That is the essence. Essence never changes. The function of fishing has one purpose, to catch fish. Fishing for food or for pleasure or for work, the function explains the essence. Function never changes. The forms of fishing are as varied as you wish, as long as they accomplish one thing, catch fish. In different countries, some use hooks, spears, or nets. Some drain the water and catch the fish with their bare hands. We watched fishermen in China use cormorant birds to catch fish. They placed a ring around the bird's neck with a string attached to the ring. The bird would dive into the water and catch a fish in its beak. If the fish was small enough to pass through the ring, the cormorant had a meal. But if the fish was too large to swallow through the ring, it would get stuck in the bird's mouth. The fisherman would pull in the string and pull out the fish. Some places we have visited even use dynamite. Some use AK-47, some use poison, and some put the fish to sleep. The fish float to the surface. Then the fisherman collects the bigger fish and lets the smaller ones wake up. We are not asking if these methods are legal. Only, does this form catch fish? Forms fulfill the function and meet the essence. Forms can always change and do change according to the laws of the country. Some countries allow fishermen to use poison. 
even dynamite, to stun the fish. But other countries forbid certain forms of fishing, such as AK-47s. Climate affects forms. If it is hot or cold or summer or winter, rainy or sunny, each condition affects the form that one would use. And the size of the fish. A large whale would use a harpoon, but a school of herring would need a net. And the skill of the fisherman. One's age, strength, experience, size, or time available will affect which form the fisherman may choose to catch a fish. Remember, forms can change, but function and essence never change. These principles can be applied to the essence, function, and form of a church. So, Jim, before we talk more about the church, let me remind our listeners that this is Men Alive with Dr. Jim Cunningham from Go Teach Global. At the end of the program, we'll share how and where you can ask your pressing questions of Dr. Jim, as well as get a printed transcript of this program. Thanks, Paul. In the Bible, the church is sometimes called God's husbandry, or the body of Christ, and the household of Christ. The church is also called his bride. It is important that we realize that the church of Jesus Christ is basically and primarily a spiritual body of believers worldwide. The essence of a church is not the building. The scriptures give us three requirements that never change for the essence of a church. First, a personal faith in Christ. Individuals must trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. When they do, the result is the new birth. Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. By prayer, they can then go directly into God's holy presence. Second, two or three sharing a personal faith in Christ. One person cannot be a church since a church is made up of living stones and is a body with members. And third, a commitment to Jesus Christ and to each other. Christ is the head of the church and we are the body of Christ. Without commitment and submission to him, there can be no church. God draws certain believers together in a special relationship that the Bible calls being built together, Ephesians 2.22. Christ himself brings Christians together in this relationship and directs them to care for each other, 1 Corinthians 12.25-26. A church such as this is the work of God and not merely a human organization. Agreed. Jesus Christ gave five functions for his church to accomplish in our work for him. We are to evangelize, to disciple or train those we have evangelized, to minister or to serve people demonstrating God's love, to fellowship together, and to worship together. In the Bible, there is not a priority order for these five purposes. They are all equally important. Evangelism. Once we know Christ as Lord and Savior, we will want to share our wonderful experience with those we love. No matter how oppressive the culture or the political situation, we must tell them. Discipleship. Once we have seen a person come to know Christ, we are responsible to make sure that person grows in the Lord. In some cultures, if a person saves someone's life, that person becomes responsible for the one saved. This is a good concept for the Christian. 
Once we have led someone into new life in Christ, we share our responsibility to make sure that person learns what the Bible teaches about the Christian life. In restricted countries, this teaching may have to be done on a one-to-one basis when a mature Christian and a young Christian can get together. The Apostle Paul gives a detailed approach on how to disciple a young believer. He taught first by example, 1 Corinthians 4.16, then lived with his disciples, sharing all he had with them, Acts 20.34. His relationship with them was not just student-teacher. Rather, he became personally involved with them in ministry, 1 Timothy 1.1-2. He gave them responsibilities while they were still in training, and also kept in close contact with them after they became leaders themselves. 1st and 2nd Timothy, and Titus. A third function of the church is ministry. When we minister or serve, we are showing or demonstrating God's love to others by helping to meet their needs and heal their hurts in the name of Jesus. Each time you reach out in love to others, you are ministering to them. The church's job is for equipping of the saints for the work of ministry— or as Ephesians 4.12 in the New King James Version says, to prepare God's people for works of service. And fellowship. As Christians, we are called to belong, not just to believe. We are not meant to be loners, but true members of his body, a real part of Jesus' family. Therefore, it is important for Christians to spend time together to talk about their spiritual lives, encourage each other, and have fellowship. And the fifth function is worship. It is a privilege and responsibility to worship God. Worship begins when the Holy Spirit enters our being and then takes more and more control of our lives. We worship the Lord because of who He is, because of His creation, and because He has redeemed us and continues to be with us. Worship flows from the heart of a grateful and thankful person. Romans 12.1 says, Offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Those five elements are the function of every church. When Peter confessed that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God, Jesus responded by promising to build his church on the solid rock of this great truth and that the gates of hell would not withstand it. Matthew 16:13-18 According to the New Testament, a person who has recognized as Peter did that Jesus is the Christ and who trusts in him by faith as savior and lord is born again. John 3:1-17 This new birth is a spiritual experience that opens the heart to the spirit of God. He enters that heart and dwells there. This believer is then a priest of God and enjoys direct access into the holy presence of God, 1 Peter 2.5.9 and Hebrews 4.16. This relationship of an individual with Christ is clearly a spiritual relationship, and Jesus joins together individuals who have this faith in him into a spiritual body, his church. And the forms of an evangelical Christian church can be as varied as you wish, as long as they fulfill the function and meet the essence of a church. Some believers meet in government-approved houses of worship we call churches. Some meet in secret in caves. 
Some meet in offices. Some even meet in jail. Some in theaters. Some in public buildings. Some under trees while hiding in the bush. Some meet in private homes. Many times in the New Testament, Paul said, Greet the brothers and sisters that meet, and then he names the home they met in. Iran reportedly has the fastest percentage growth of new Christians of any country on earth. Yet the government will not allow Christians to build a specific house of worship we call a church. There you have it, men. We need to have the essence, function, and form of churches. Essence and functions never change, but the forms can change according to the situation. For a printed copy of this program's teaching or with any questions you may have, email Dr. Jim. His address is God at gmail.com. Men Alive is a production of Go Teach Global. For more information, go to our website at www.goteachglobal.com. Until next time, I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks, on behalf of Dr. Jim Cunningham, encouraging you to be men alive, conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ.